Hey, everybody. <laughs> Welcome back to Point Break Minute, where we point out the moments and break down the minutes of Point Break, one minute at a time. I'm Marin Kennedy. And I'm Jessa Lowe. And I'm Simon Irving. Hello. Hello, Hi, Simon. Simon. Thank you for coming back to the, the, the warm shores of Point Break mm. Minute. Mm. Yes. The soothing, the soothing waves, the, the crashing surf. Very, very happy to be here. Thank you. Excellent. Well, Excellent. We're excited to have you here for minute 26. Well, minute 26 starts with. Um, hey! Yeah, and we, we couldn't, I couldn't figure out, nor could Murren answer me what they were doing. I was. Um, oh, they're setting up, setting up the football. I don't set, know what it's yeah, called. It's, yeah, same. It's like, setting, do you know, Simon, setting up the play? Uh, setting up. Yeah, the 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 play that seems fine. I mean, I like I I sort of speak football, but not not mm-hmm. necessarily with a great degree of fluency. Um, I mean, so like like let me just kind of get this out of the way at the beginning here. Mm-hmm. Um, I was I was mm-hmm. honored that you gave me this minute and the next minute to uh, to comment on because I feel like they are by far the most Top Gun minutes imaginable <laughs> yes. and uh and yeah. it just oh, yes. i like truly i am honored uh but yes this this is in in the truest top gun traditions is entirely superfluous like masculine assertion sports montage um it's beautiful yeah yeah, yeah. you say in the last minute muscles and oh yeah my 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 notes are muscles dicks shouting boys (laughs) for this minute so um the sequel to future sex love sound oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) or love angel music baby the gwen stefani single yeah those are such niche jokes and i apparently am in that niche so well done (laughs) i'm glad you are I'm, I surprised myself that I know I, I knew the acronym that was that Gwen Stefani single from like eight years ago. Yeah. I still have that in my head. She had a line of perfume too, mm. and a line of clothing called "Love Angel Music Baby." There you go. Yeah. Um, so L- links to those yes. will be on the podcast. No, I'm not going to link the. <laughs> so um, important stuff to this is just a montage. Let's just get out of the way. It's just a montage, um, but interesting things about the montage there's a really cool circle of cars that they're using um they're using the headlights to illuminate their very important night Mm -hmm. game of football and swayze's hair looks crazy when it's dried it's um puff shag i pom-pom levels it's kind of like eddie van halen Mm -hmm. got a little bit of a haircut yeah most of my notes here are talking about either how this is just you know male assertion of dominance or that um his hair looks really weird and that um he he needs to basically (laughs) his hair needs to be wet forever and for always like he needs somebody to be constantly misting him so that he looks like he just came out of the waves well go go ahead bird it won't be long until his hair is wet again i was just gonna say that i can't wait he he doesn't last very long with dry hair yeah and that's yeah, you, you end up wondering if there's a relationship between those 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 two points that Jessa pointed out. Like, is is the lack of like beautifully damp hair creating a situation where Swayze is feeling insecure and thus like determining the emotional outcome of the entire scene coming up? Are right? you like, saying that water is his life force? 
Um, uh, I'm not not saying it. <laughs> okay. I believe it is talked about later <laughs> at some point. I think I think we understand each other here. Yeah. Um, and uh, Smoke on the Water starts playing. Yeah, it started in, in the end of the last minute. Yeah. But uh, if you only hear the first three chords of Smoke on the Water, you can't be entirely sure that it's Smoke <laughs> on the Water until you hear the rest of the riff. Mm-hmm. So uh, now we know for sure that it's smoke on the water, and it's uh, it's not the deep purple version; it's the loud house version. Ah, uh, yes, the, the celebrated just... loud house cover. Of yeah, smoke it's, on the it's water. always in the list of like the great, the great classic rock <laughs> cover versions. You always hear that loud house. Loud I, house always makes the cut. I do have to say, so I work with kids all day, and um, they always want to watch a show called Loud House. <laughs> And Murren has had this screen pulled up this entire time with a still of something called Loud House Point Break. And I thought it was going to be an amazing <laughs> crossover between whatever the heck this show is that kids like to watch called Loud House and Point Break. But I am sad to see that it's not. So, yeah. Anyways, yeah, um, yeah. Loud House does not have a Wikipedia page, so I can't really say much about them. But... I'm seeing something uh, that may allude to George Clinton being the vocalist on this track, which what? I hope is true. Who's George Clinton? Of the Parliament Funkadelic. Yeah. yeah. One of the you know defining musical pioneers. He's a cool guy. He's, he's, he's... Oh, a cool, a cool yeah, guy. Co- cool dude. Cool guy. Yeah. Um, so I, I can't verify that, but uh, we'll just say it's true. Head, head cannon. Head cannon. Yes. 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 Um, and so there's various football plays in this montage, and even Lori Putty gets in on the fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Swayze. Oh. Well, first, before, well, what were you going to say? Go ahead. I was going to say Swayze tackles Keanu, and it is electric. Yeah, that's the, that's uh, that's second base for them. The, yeah. Well, yeah, I was about to say like like the touch barrier. It's real. Yeah. Yeah, it's been broken. So I, I just wanted to go over a little bit. Um, it was you know it's hard to figure out exactly who's winning here or what's going on uh, because there's a lot of quick cuts. But uh, I noticed um, there are a couple of touchdowns made. One is made by the character of Rosie, which uh, is uh, he's he's kind of uh, we, we're just sort of getting introduced to the gang here. We have mm-hmm. uh, we have Roach. Played by James LaGrosse. We have uh, Gromit, played by Bo Jesse Christopher. <laughs> and we have Nathaniel, played by John Philbin. And then we have Rosie, played by Lee Turgeson. Turgeson. Ah, uh, yes. Roach, Gromit, and Nathaniel. <laughs> yes. Right? <laughs> he, he didn't want a cool name. He was like, no, my name's Nathaniel. I, I don't do nicknames. Yeah, yeah. like, okay, whatever. Um, yeah, uh, we got. Um, Lee Turgeson, uh, just wanted to go a little bit over, over his career because we went over the other gang since they were in the, uh, the credits, but this is the first time we're getting, uh, mm-hmm. Lee Turgeson. Um, he was, uh, he was in Wayne's world. He played Terry. Oh. Uh, I, I remembered, uh, I had to look it up, but he, he's the guy, you might remember the joke. He's like, Oh, thanks for bringing me to the concert, man. I love you. And then Wayne's like, Oh, I, I love you too. And then he's like, no man, oh, fascinating. I love you. It's like, you know, I, I love you. And then, yeah, that's that's a joke. He just loves people. And uh, he looks kind of similar in that movie. He has kind of long hair. He looks kind of like a rocker. But he has long blonde hair 
in Wayne's mm. world, whereas here he has dark hair, uh, si- signifying that he may be a, a darker character. Mm. Interesting. He was also in uh, Monster with Charlize Theron, mm. but I haven't seen that. So yeah, I'm flicking through his uh, Wikipedia page. Seems like a, a very well-traveled TV day player for the most part. Yep. Yeah, he's 112 credits to his name on IMDb. Oh, not too shabby. Yeah. You, you, you go, Lee. Shout out to Lee Turgeon. Yeah. You know, he's making it work. Yeah. He's had, he has a couple of big names, but, you know, he just he's consistent. Aw. The minute ends with uh, Swayze setting up another play. Yeah, to, yeah. to set up yet more night football. Yes. So... I had a note. So they have their their headlights. All these cars mm-hmm. are lighting the play the field. Aren't their batteries going to run down? I mean, I mean, live life on the edge, man. Yeah, you're just thinking too hard about it. Okay, I guess you're too I wound am. up. Yeah, that's not what we do here at all. We don't think about things. We don't we don't dissect things here. We don't think about consequences. Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. Their batteries might die, but they I mean, probably they, don't. They've played an awesome game of football. I mean, and yeah, then they just sleep on the beach, it. so figure it out later. Do you get the sense that fine. Nathaniel is the one who's just trying to impress, like, the reality of the car batteries upon everyone else? And is like... <laughs> yeah, Nathaniel will be the one who's worried yeah, about like, that. Yeah, like, in, in, in my mind, Nathaniel is just, the, like, the serious buzzkill who doesn't want a cool, stupid nickname. He's really worried about the car batteries. He probably is, like, telling them that they're, like, you know past the like visiting hours for the beach or something <laughs> like in, in my mind everyone's very resentful of nathaniel yeah yeah and he, he does not go by nathan or nate no, no it's nathaniel not. you, you must call him right. nathaniel yeah it's the whole three or slash four syllables and let's be honest i would be the nathaniel <laughs> yeah because i brought up the thing about the car the headlights oh, yeah no exactly oh. sort of weird self-fulfilling or actually no i i would i would be the i would be the fbi chief john c mcginley would That's who I'd want to be. Oh, so anyway, so this this um, this minute brought back some interesting memories for me of watching another film in which Keanu Reeves plays football. Uh, I don't know if either of you have seen uh, the 2000 American sports comedy The Replacements. No, um, no. But this is another film in which Keanu Reeves plays an equally stupidly named college football star, uh, Shane Falco, (laughs) Um, and uh, uh, takes over as the star quarterback for a a group of of misfits. um, So wait, he's he's playing a college football player in the year 2000? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes, he is. I mean, he is. It's like a a former college star. Um, Oh, Okay. But, but basically, the, the, the plot of this movie is that there's a player's strike, uh, and this weird group of, you know, misfit toys comes together to, to win some football games. Um, uh, and stars some other individuals like uh, John Favreau, of course, of um, mm-hmm. Elf and Iron Man and, I guess, Jungle Book? fame yeah at this point it's swingers it's got uh reese Efons in it our favorite welshman of all time um it's yeah. it's pretty insane um it i i i my my roommate showed this movie to me a while back and i mostly felt like i was watching it in some kind of weird fever dream state um but the adventures of shane falco keanu reeves's <laughs> bizarre quarterback alter ego uh loomed large over this entire montage for me 
Um, this is because, like, s- like, no, go ahead. This is the second time uh, in the last minute you also were uh, deep memories had come to the surface. I just, oh, yeah. Uh, appreciate that theme. That's, uh, it's, you know, again, you know, dredging lots of things up. Um, but yeah, no, I like, I can't necessarily say it as a recommendation of mine, but it's, uh, it's, it's memorable in its thorough ridiculousness. Yeah. I feel like it's, it's kind of fun to go back and watch movies that time has forgotten. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and watching Keanu Reeves play football super awkwardly should like, like, I'm amazed that I could basically create a movie night built entirely out of that prompt. So yeah, good double feature. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Yeah, we've had uh, previous guests, and I have to agree that like uh, casting Keanu Reeves as a football player just seems odd. I mean, I mean, it's not what I think of when I see him. I mean, I feel like casting Keanu Reeves full stop seems like an odd choice for most of the <laughs> roles that he's ever been on. Um, Good point. I mean, like, like it, I, I do kind of wonder what, like, how he managed to capture some element of the cultural zeitgeist throughout his career because he seems so like he seems like specifically bland is like the best way i can describe it yeah there's there's a blankness to him but it's not like the everyman blankness like what blankness um like Mm -hmm. like i ascribe that a lot to um uh ryan gosling for example who i think has Mm -hmm. really succeeded in recent years in roles that require him to commit very little character shading mm-hmm. onto who he is mm-hmm. um and i find that especially being you know a straight white dude with a little bit of a romantic streak in me like it's easy to project myself onto his blankness in films like mm-hmm. uh, la la land for example or you know his um inscrutable emotionless facade being a huge part of yeah. um uh, drive mm-hmm. by uh, nicholas winding Refn. um but like Keanu doesn't have that. Um, like he's always Keanu. Like he has the one unchanged sense of cool that he has maintained since I believe the early eighties, at least up until John Wick, when it finally might've, mm-hmm. might've broke. Um, but it's, it's just, it's just fascinating to me that anyone throughout the nineties was like, you know who we need in this starring Hollywood role. We need Keanu Reeves. Um, I mean, he's yeah. just—he's just so lovable, though. They're, he's like a uh, yeah, dumb puppy angel. I get everything you're saying. I—I I, I mean, <laughs> but there is something <laughs> about him. There entirely. is something about him. I—I I mean, even in this, uh, where he's kind of just the young pup again, uh, very not—not not the mature Keanu that we know now. Like he doesn't really seem like he knows what he's doing from one moment mm-hmm. to the next. But it just kind of works. Well, I, I don't is, know. This—this this film was was made just around the time of. Um, of, of of course, uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, oh, yeah. uh, by by Francis Ford Coppola, um, <laughs> you... which I, I actually watched somewhat recently. Oh, um, I watched that on Halloween, and uh, it is it is still uh, a, a masterpiece, unrivaled in its thorough garbageness. Um, <laughs> and and Keanu Reeves, whatever the opposite of distinguishing oneself is, <laughs> he does that. Um, yeah, with his it, that's, floating that's where he's even. Even more, like even more misplaced than usual. Yes, yeah, well, in that movie, the, everything about that movie feels misplaced. Um, I mean, I feel like this is the second most perfect role for him, aside from um, John Wick and Bill and Ted. So I guess third most yeah. perfect, but like Neo, you know, he just kind of he has to be a blank yeah. slate in that one too. 
I mean, Neo's just kind of a worm. Yeah. Like. <laughs> He's just kind of a worm. Yeah, in terms of, yeah. like, uncompelling heroic figures in, like, massively successful, like, movie mythoses, like, yeah, Neo, Neo is one that I'm always just like, meh. Yeah. Yeah, it's not you, the character that you draws did you it, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Like, you, managed, you managed to succeed despite being surrounded by much more interesting people. All right. Exactly. Yeah. I was also going to say, like, Much Ado About Nothing is the other no. one that I think of, where it's like... Classically trained Shakespearean actor and director Kenneth Branagh was like, yeah. <laughs> I bet you that's just a box office thing. I mean, yeah, it's Let's probably like, oh, we want another name for this one. Yeah, re- or, uh, uh, Kenneth Branagh was given five names on a list and he had to pick which one would be the least difficult yeah. to work with. Yeah. Like, Matthew and- Lillard, <laughs> Keanu Reeves, Skeet Ulrich. Oh, my God. I, I don't know. This is, this is a, like, dark, oh, okay. a dark rabbit yeah, hole. He just wandered. It's, it's got to be one of them. There's a parallel. Like, okay, yeah. Keanu, I guess. I guess. There's a parallel universe yeah. where the movie stars each and every one of those actors. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> no. Well, apparently, uh, Catherine Bigelow fought for Keanu Reeves in this role. Well, that's, well, that's she was, good. She was his uh, proponent. Um, and the other, the other choices were uh, Charlie Sheen and Johnny Depp. Uh, there was there was some a, a rumor that Matthew Broderick was a possibility, but that I think that was might have just been a rumor. Fascinating. Huh. Keanu's the only one who I think can do it justice. So yeah, I mean, just like Captain imagining Bigelow. someone else doing the role, right? I don't know. Like, yeah, like what? What well, would and, that and, be? You know, one thing yeah. that I like in in many ways, I feel like the the truest like emotional successor to this movie is the the Fast and the Furious franchise, mm-hmm. particularly the first film. Which... Yeah, that's the one that really follows beat for beat. Almost right. the exact plot, right? But but like like specifically the way that it has this weird amorphous sense of masculine bonding. Um, oh my god! Yeah, and and that like it is undeniably like text. It is it's hard like baked into not just like the film but the entire emotional narrative of the series. Um, but also like almost entirely uncommented on at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 certainly like like this sort of this particular minute again sort of brought some of that back for me. Um, I somewhat recently sort of marathoned all the way through the Fast and the Furious franchise uh, to my general delight. Uh, oh yes, I mean m- most of the time you're having a good time with those. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there if you want a dumb movie, yeah, ex- ex- except that, Tokyo Drift. Fill your like, like I am not here for the Tokyo Drift apologists. That movie's very bad, very bad. Yeah, I'm um, I'm gonna fall on the other side of that, Simon. I'm just gonna put my put it out there. I love Tokyo Drift. All right. Well, I thought we were friends. I mean, I, I guess I'd say I love it as like a B movie. <laughs> sure, sure. But they're all kind of B movies. I don't know. Yeah, I enjoy it. So so much of um, it for me is, is is just the the lead, uh, Sean, whatever his name oh, is. Is yeah, he he's he's pretty bad. It sounds like he's doing a crazy accent, but I think that's yeah, just his like voice. like we're we're talking like a negative charisma score, like re- really embarrassing. Yeah, he. I, I'm with you on that. Yeah, I, I okay, still enjoy, all right, all right, I still enjoy Tokyo Drift, but French, yeah, uh, friendship reconciled, Marin. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. There we go. I'm glad we're back together. Friendships have been made and broken in this podcast. Yeah. Not unlike uh, like Dom and uh, and Brian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. R.I.P. Brian. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh. Sad sadness. Uh, Paul Walker, kind of like off-brand Keanu Reeves in a lot of ways. Yeah. In many in many ways in many ways. Well, this would be a really good segue into my recommendation could i go uh there? yeah I, I don't know if we we uh we got the the tackle in the water um i i just uh i wanted to go over the other touchdowns actually mm-hmm. nathaniel makes a touchdown oh. um 
God damn and it. then uh, Lori Petty, Tyler, makes a touchdown. And then Oh, and she has that that ridiculous end zone dance. Yeah. Yeah, of course she does. <laughs> How have we not talked about this? How did this not dominate the last 20 minutes of Oh, we're just we're just getting to it now, so I guess we got another 20 minutes to talk about it. Um <laughs> No, yeah, she makes a touchdown. And then uh Rosie, none other than Rosie, goes to like embrace her, weirdly, which uh, I never would have noticed if I wasn't doing this minute by minute. Do you think she just gets kind of as horrible and as much as I want to barf as I say this? Do you think she just gets passed around them? Oh, God. Ugh. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's like involuntarily winced. Yeah. yeah that's, I, that's really dark. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. That no, was... but it, it's valid. No, but no, 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 no. Like, I mean, like this, like, that's actually like a really interesting, um, like, I feel like, that, like there's a really interesting kernel to like, I was gonna say unpack, but I feel like I'm mixing metaphors really dramatically <laughs> at that point. Colonel to pop, um, but like, you know, uh, um, but like, you know, a, like a lot. One of the interesting things, of course, about this film is that it is it is directed by a woman, um, and it it is interesting to kind of look at the the masculinity male gaze kind of elements that filter in through that lens. Um, I'm not sure if I have any like concise like thesis statement, um, but you know, the, the film was somewhat anomalous. I mean, for its era, but still for our era in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and like, I don't, I don't know if that changes our our close reads of the film through that sort of sense of of gender authorship, so forth, so on. Yeah, yeah. It, it's interesting to see. I mean, it's definitely written by a man, um, and uh, I don't Undenied. know how much control Catherine Bigelow had over, like, oh, let's maybe change this. Maybe she just was sort of like. Yeah, do it. Make the best of it. And she kind of did the best she could. Well, one point Avi made was that there's the scene where she's yeah, where she's changing and um you as she's changing, you don't see one ounce of like side boob, under boob, but you don't see anything. Like it's just like her really artfully sliding into some shorts while she takes off her swimsuit and then like putting on her top under her swimsuit. So like yeah, the camera lingers on it, but but it's not like a sexual linger. It could have been so much worse, right? Yeah, like, we we've seen and literally innumerable movies that I'm sure have you know all of the classic things that that create this trope that we cringe at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there anything else you guys want to say about this minute? I think that's about it. We got the yeah, the touchdown dance. Uh, at one point, uh, Tyler yells, "Who works here?" I guess that's like a, a jab at the other team. I don't know what that means, though. And then uh, I, I like—I admit I was very confused. Yeah, and I also uh, uh, Bodie tackles, or yeah, Bodie tackles Utah, and then he makes some good like sand spitting out <laughs> acting there. Like, <laughs> <laughs> all right, yeah, that's ate, all I got. Let's move ate on. A, a mouthful of sand. I, I, don't, I don't know if 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 the uh, the segue to your recommendation just had passed, but. Well, it's oh, still it's, it's still, still kind of has yeah, kind of. Um, so my recommendation was going to be a movie that is really similar in a way to Point Break. It's um, Hard Boiled, and um, it's the Hong Kong action film directed by John Woo. Woo. Um, so it's about a cop named Tequila. Love it. Um, mm. yeah, yeah. So I just I just have to start there, and I'm pretty sure he plays jazz clarinet. Yep. Yep. Yeah, he does. Okay. So he plays jazz clarinet. I don't clarinet. remember if it's clarinet, but you It plays... might be clarinet or flute. Yes. It's one of the two. <laughs> if it was, if it was uh, Yaz flute, I would remember that, I think. Uh, I think, it I think it's clarinet. clarinet. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, and uh, he teams up with an un- undercover agent to shut down a gang. And I really have to include this quote because I really, really like it. Um, that another reviewer named Mike Keating had, and he says, "Hard boiled is loud, exciting, and thanks to quite terrible dubbing and a ludicrous early '90s soundtrack, often intentionally, unintentionally hilarious." It is a film that places entertainment firmly ahead of plausibility and logic, and is quite frame, frankly awesome for it god bless you john woo so yeah right yeah. it's and it has such amazing lines as i can't believe i forgot it was my birthday i was just so busy being a gangster <laughs> yeah yep it's pretty great it? yeah it has you know oh, no. probably the the yeah. foremost shooting a bunch of people while re- while rescuing a baby scene oh yeah. excellent uh which uh fast and furious 8 owes a lot to yeah. How, how how many doves? That's I mean I mean that is the ultimate John Woo question. Is like on a scale of of one to ten, where are we on the dove dove count? I mean there are definitely doves in there. I don't remember exactly. Yeah, I thought you said dubs, not no nope, no. Nope. How many dubs? Um, yeah, I don't remember. I mean, I just really remember what I. I just remember it's the lines, just the <laughs> lines in the jazz clarinet. Yeah. It's it's a good one. So if you want something that's similar to Point Break, but not really, but Point Break more violently and more it's silly, a, a ridiculous Hong Kong John yeah. Woo action movie. Go. I, I am pretty sure I want that. Yeah, yeah I, I would highly recommend seeing Hard Boiled. Oh, and I have to also say that um, one of my college professors, um, I went into her office once to do like after hours something, and behind her office door was a giant poster for Hard Boiled. <laughs> and she won all of my respect, which she had none of before that. Or wow. she, yeah. So, yeah. Hard boiled. Beautiful. So, I mean, what's, yeah, what's your recommendation for the week? Um, so, um, I did not mention this earlier. Uh, I work in a, uh, a board game store, actually, one of the, the largest board game stores on the West Coast. Um, and, and I have a favorite game this season that I really love talking to people about. Uh, this game is called Magic Maze. Um, Magic Maze is a cooperative game. Uh, what I really love about it is that it solves one of the core problems of cooperative games. I don't know if you guys have ever played like Pandemic or other sort of games that define cooperative board gaming, um, but they create a problem where one player often starts to just take over mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's sort of the, the we call it the, like quarterbacking problem. Mm-hmm. Hey, segue. Yeah. Um, uh, but Magic Maze is a cooperative game that forbids you to talk to the people that you are working with. Oh, uh, you nice. have a little group of weird little characters. You're trying to escape. Uh, you're trying to commit a perfect crime in a mall. Uh, these weird little fantasy dwarf characters, essentially. Um, and in the a thing mall? I love about it, uh, yeah, like like so the game specifies that you are stealing from a mall. Um, and you're dwarves. Yeah, it, it's very whimsical. Um, I love it. But basically. You each player has a, a direction that they can move any character. Like you can always move to the left, or you can always move to the right, so forth and so on. Um, but you can't coordinate at any given time. Any player can move a piece with their particular motion. And there's this little like token that you just place in front of your teammates when you think they have the best mm-hmm. move. But it just turns into this giant circle of people like moving the token back and forth, being like, "No, you, you." you, 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 you. <laughs> um, and so, like, I have never had so much fun watching my friends, like, eat their tongues, trying not to, like, 
just tell people what to do, but they're trying to like just they're just like like slamming this little token like like <laughs> very very determinedly in front of their teammates. Um, and like it's a game that I love recommending at work to people. Um, and I think that you know, especially as we enter the holiday season, where a lot of people play board games to you know uh bond with family bond with relatives bond with neighbors friends whatever um it's one of my favorite choices it basically has no age minimum or maximum on it it's a great game to share with everybody um if you can find a copy somewhere in the world i strongly recommend investing in it i've had so much fun playing it that sounds awesome yeah that's great always look for board games all right uh my recommendation will be the next uh of the sort of oscar season movies that i saw this year Mm -hmm. uh three billboards outside ebbing missouri Oh, I'm so excited. I, I, I'm i so excited to see that. Yeah, it was great. It's um, really good. Yeah, Martin McDonough uh, is back again. Um, it's my boy. And uh, yeah, it's is really good. Uh, Frances McDormand, I'm glad to see her back. Probably, she's probably going to win Best Actress for that, at least be nominated. Mm-hmm. And well, well deserving of that. It's, uh, um, I don't know what else to say about it. It was really good. Um, Go see it. I think Sam, I, I Sam was. Sam Rockwell was good. He, I thought was. I, I was more intrigued by his performance in um, uh, what's her faces? Uh, Frances McDormand. I can't believe I forgot her name <laughs> because our cat is named after her. Our cat is named Frances McDormand. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I would want him to win Best Supporting Actor. He does a phenomenal yeah. job. His character has a very uh, very interesting arc, and it you know the twists and turns that he took were were unexpected. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I would say like uh, this one. The all the performances are great. Um, I would, I would still say in Bruges is yeah. my preferred McDonough like, movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seven Psychopaths is still good. In, in, place it above that. In Bruges and means so course, much to me on like a personal yeah, note. It's it's just so wonderful. Yeah, it's a really good movie. And then of course the Pillow Man, which is not a movie but a play. Is and Lieutenant still, of Inishmore. Yeah, I, like, I haven't seen that before. But I like that one. The, the Did McDonough he do um, a Behanding? Yes. Sorry. A Behanding in Spokane. Yes. Yeah, he yeah. Did do that I really as well. like that and one. That one well. I also don't know, but. Yeah. yeah, good writer and uh, decent film director, and three billboards outside Ebbing, it's Missouri. Been, it's been weird to see his yeah. his Thumbs career up. take that that turn into films. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, like as, as someone who had a, like a, a lot of sort of an emotional connection to his writing prior to uh, in Bruges, mm-hmm. it was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, not everybody can make that transition as um, compellingly yeah. as I think McDonough has. So, yeah, he does a good job. You and... go, Martin. Yeah. yeah, do your thing. Yeah, it was good. All right. Anything else to say before we uh, sign off? No, I'm good. Uh, thank you once again for chilling with us on the Point Break well, thank you. iceberg. Love, love, love chilling. <laughs> just JC, just chilling. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you, Simon. Uh, thank you, listeners. All you dozens of uh, of people out there. Um, <laughs> please rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. Check out the Point Break Minute Listener Surf Shop on Facebook. To continue the conversation. Or uh, write us on at pointbreakminute at gmail.com and tell us that we're awesome. All right. Well, we'll see you next time on another Point Break Minute, bro. Woo! Woo!